Another trip to the Breslin Center, another loss for IU against Michigan State. How concerned should we be about this one, though? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, we're coming to you live after the IU-Michigan State uh, frustrating contest on Tuesday night for those of you joining on YouTube. Uh, regardless, I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We are your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. It A frustrating loss for the Hoosiers. There's plenty of reasons it maybe shouldn't have been. But ultimately, we see how good this IU basketball team is. And they keep kind of oscillating between high highs and frustrating lows. Ultimately, on Tuesday, they fall 80-65 to 65 to Michigan State. After about the first 10, 12 minutes, uh, it didn't really feel like Indiana had it. it. It was an emotional night for Michigan State, and they played as such through the first uh, handful of minutes, but once they got settled in and once they started playing as they typically do, IU was not up to uh, up to the task in this one. And it's frustrating because this is a team that is capable of beating Michigan State. Just wasn't the case on Tuesday. There's a number of things you can look at. IU's now 2-24 and in the last 26 games in the Breslin Center. We said that. Um, on the preview pod for Tuesday. One of those wins was literally the number one team in the nation. The other one was one of the random Archie Miller games that he pulled out of his, you know what, once in a blue moon. Outside of that, this team just doesn't win in the Breslin Center, which you can write off. Also, uh, this is from at Crimson Cast on Twitter. Uh, Big 10 teams are now 6-27 on the road in February. IU looks like a lot of other teams right now struggling with fatigue, trying to slog through the rest of the conference season. That All those viable excuses, IU very much looked tired, looked slow, looked fatigued, all of that, especially Trace Jackson Davis. We'll talk about him in a minute. But ultimately, inconsistency is going to be this team's downfall. It was the downfall on Tuesday not enough guys showing up for the Hoosiers in this one. You can't just be a hot and cold team all season long and think that you're going to be able to flip a switch in March and be that hot team only or uh, flip a switch and no longer you're going to be inconsistent. You need a run of consistent results to kind of show and prove that you're capable of doing that. You can look. Technically, I use one nine of its last 12. It it doesn't feel like this is a consistent IU team. 
and they haven't gotten the run of consistent results that include consistent, comfortable road wins or just consistent road wins. This was a chance at that. This was a Michigan State team they could have matched up against, but for a litany of reasons, that wasn't the case. I think in a lot of ways, Jalen Huchifino kind of is a microcosm of the inconsistencies IU has. When the highs are high, they're really high. And for Jalen, you can think to that Ohio State game. For IU, you can think to any number of big wins they've had. But when the lows are low, they can get ugly. Ultimately, Jalen finished with 16 points, but it was on 6 of 13 shooting. He just didn't really feel like he had it. Now, maybe I'm off base on this because he played 30 minutes and was a plus 4. Nobody else had a positive plus minus, but ultimately, and this is another tweet that I'm going to reference, Chronic Hoosier, who if you guys have Twitter or an IU fan, I'm sure you follow. He had a pretty good summary and analysis of this IU team. At its base, IU has pretty much been a two-legged table, Trace and Jalen, this season that usually, usually requires at least a third leg to stand it up. While Trace stood up tonight, one main leg looked totally gassed, Trace, and the other spent much of the game on the bench, Jalen, and that's about it. Jalen did not play a lot of the first half because of foul trouble. You can argue whether he should have, shouldn't have. I would argue he needs to stop getting in foul trouble because that is a consistent theme for him and particularly frustrating when he is the only true point guard IU has, we're past the point of freshman mistakes, I think, by now. So, but regardless, he's been, when he went to the bench is when Michigan State went on its big run. Ultimately, if Trace is going to kind of struggle as much as he did, he had 19 points, he had seven rebounds. He also had seven turnovers, which was a season high, and he did not have a block. It was just the third time all year he didn't record a block. He was the he had a plus minus of minus thirteen in thirty five minutes. So, if he's going to look as fatigued as he did, he wasn't battling the way he normally does. He was getting pushed around a lot on the interior. I don't mean these as kind of criticisms or calling out. Trace continually plays forty minutes a night. It's mind boggling that. He's able to do this as much as he has. So uh, while tonight may have been frustrating, Trace absolutely gets a pass overall because IU's not in this position they are without him. But it was just kind of adding everything up. Trace is gas. Jalen doesn't play a good chunk of the first half. And then you have a bench that entirely no-shows. And that is the other big issue with this team right now. The Malik Renew, I thought, played well. Two points, four rebounds. Uh, he looked better defensively. He, I think he was largely fine. Before garbage time, that was the entirety of IU's bench production. There were a number of guys on this bench that were supposed to be taking big leaps this season that have just fallen off a cliff. Think back to November when we are looking at this team and thinking, good God, we can go eight, nine, ten deep with this roster. Xavier's injury changed some of that, but 
Tamar Bates has struggled mightily, to put it put it very mildly. Uh, he has been, honestly, he's been bad for quite a while. The fact that in the second half, Mike Woodson went to Anthony Leal and CJ Gunn over Tamar Bates was a pretty loud statement. Tamar Bates has got to get himself together. He was the one that was supposed to take this big leap. He had that brief stretch of games uh, before Christmas. And aside from, I actually think the Michigan State game at home, uh, the one time at home, he has been woeful in Big Ten play. Jordan Geronimo is another one. His has slid under the radar more, but he has just been so far off the pace. And after he looked so promising at the end of last season, in the actual tournament itself, he was probably IU's second best player. He only played eight minutes, and Caleb Banks was playing over him in the second half. There was a point where it was four freshmen, and I believe Trey Galloway out on the floor, or maybe Anthony Leal. Regardless, there were four freshmen, and guys like Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo are nowhere to be found. So that should be really loud messages to them, but IU is was relying on them to be productive members of the team, and they have been very far from that. And it's nights like tonight where that hurts them. You want your bench players to be relied upon when Trace may not be 100% and Jalen may be out for a chunk of the first half. Tamar offered nothing. Jordan Geronimo offered nothing. And the Hoosiers went down without much of a fight in the second half because of that. I got some more things we're going to talk about. Need to take a quick break to talk to you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money lines to point scores and threes drained. I believe IU was a three and a half point underdog. I would have bet Ohio State, or excuse me, Michigan State in this one. IU, um, they don't win in the Breslin Center, and they didn't deserve any benefit of the doubt on the road. So I hope you guys took Michigan State just for your sake, so you won some money tonight. I also hope you used FanDuel. Uh, don't miss out. Get that no-sweat first bet and up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day, your first watch after these frustrating or exciting IU games. Make sure you guys check out Locked On College Basketball. They have everything you need, insiders, experts, coaches, players, everything across the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube or wherever you guys get podcasts. One other comment. Uh, eh, I lost it. Plus 12.5. Live betting on, on games. I thought about throwing some money down on the Hoosiers. Uh, I resisted. Here's a little tidbit for you guys. If you want a live bet. and It wouldn't really apply tonight. But one of the best ways to make some money live betting is to... In a big blowout, take the under because both teams want to get on the bus and go home. And that is one of the safer bets to make. So if you see a game with like 10 minutes left and it's a 20, 25 point game, 
Live bet, take the under, win some money. Uh, let's get back to this game. One other thing I wanted to talk about, the three-point battle heavily favored uh, Michigan State as well. They went 10 of 21 from three. The Hoosiers were 5 of 14. Again, uh, a very generous 5 of 14. Um, Trey Galloway had two of those, or excuse me, three of those, and Miller Cop had the other two. You can't, I mean, for one, that's getting outscored 30 to 15 at the three-point line, and it was a 15-point game. It's not that simple. There were another other number of other things I struggled at, but I use problem a lot of this season has been that they get great shot quality because it's often open looks when uh, Trace is kicking out of doubles. There's just no volume to it, and they cannot make teams pay from beyond the arc. Miller Cop and Trey Galloway were five of eight. Everybody else was 0 of 6. Hood Shafino was 5 of those. CJ Gunn missed one late. That's it. That's the only kind of three-point shooting this team has. It's not something that I think is going to come either. Um, boy, it would be great. And I don't even... Race Thompson is very important to this team. We've seen it without him. Defensively, he's very important to this team. But how many times do you see him kind of standing at the three-point line considering a three-pointer? How much nicer would it be if you had a stretch four there that could knock down some threes and keep that floor stretched and keep defenses honest? At the same time, Race did a good job tonight, I thought, of playing off Trace in the first half and finding himself open under the basket for some dunks and some easy layups and whatnot. Overall, just a really frustrating game and not anything particularly new or surprising i literally tweeted during the first half that when they jumped out to the big lead for about five minutes i was saying don't iowa this one guys and they iowa this one um if you're looking for a glass half full before the last Purdue game, they laid an egg against Maryland on the road and then came out and beat Purdue. I'm not as confident this time around going to Mackey. It's going to be a rough one. Let's talk a couple of players. Let's start with Trey Galloway. He deserves a shout out. I thought he played really well. I know defensively, uh, Walker, Tyson Walker made a number of shots. Seemed like Trey Galloway was often the guy on him. I thought a lot of the shots Michigan State made tonight were really well contested. IU did about as well as it could to defend a number of those shots. I'm sure a lot of you remember the ones that were wide open, especially at the start of the second half. But I didn't think IU did particularly bad defending the three-point line. And still, Michigan State shot 10 of 21. We said before the game they're a good three-point shooting team. None of that's sustainable. They're gonna. That's kind of what makes them vulnerable. If that's the type of offense they're creating, because those shots are not sustainable. Knockdown contested three pointers with guys in your face. Trey Galloway was often the guy that was in their face on the number of those shots, and it didn't really matter. Still, though, he finished with eleven points. As I said, three of five shooting from three. He did well to take advantage of some openings he had at the three point line, and was one of the bright spots, the non-frustrating spots, maybe is a better way of phrasing that, 
of IU on Tuesday. Hats off to him. Again, a bad night for Trace ends with him having 19 and 7 with 5 assists on 8 of 13 shooting. Uh, he was very clearly not 100%. I don't think it's anything long-term to worry about. I hope it's not his back flaring up again. To me, he just looked tired, man. He's been battling a lot of big guys for a number of weeks. And the uh, I think the wear just... The wear and tear just kind of caught up to him a little bit. It's not going to get any easier. He has Zach Eady on Saturday, so go sit in an ice bath for a couple days and try to uh, get ready for that one. But he certainly was a bit off the pace. We talked about Jalen. For someone that I think has really good basketball IQ, Jalen takes some really frustrating and just bad shots. Uh, He did that a number of times on Tuesday those long pull-up twos are already like borderline bad shots even when he makes them. When he takes them in really bad moments, they're just horrendous shots, especially because they're long rebounds without even the added benefit of if they go in their three points. If and when he goes to the NBA, that is going to be something scrubbed entirely out of his shot profile. And if he returns next year, I would be a really big fan of, of scrubbing that entirely out of his shot profile now because those are some I'm fine with the mid-range pull-ups at the free throw line but like the one step inside the three-point line pull-up I really don't like that and he does that a number of times it's just super frustrating especially on those possessions as well where Trace d- doesn't touch the ball Miller Cop made a couple of big three or impressive threes he also was like scapegoated for a couple of fouls. The refs were mugh again tonight. They were really bad, but they were so far down the list of things uh, that were any sort of cause for defeat for IU in this one. It's not even worth mentioning. We talked about race. We talked about Malik. Uh, we also talked Tamar and Jordan. It's going to be interesting to see how Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo respond now because, as I said, that was a pretty clear message to those two that they're now down the pecking order. And they need to respond. I don't know if they're going to get the opportunity in Mackey of all places. They might in the first half, but those two have got to do something. Otherwise, they're at risk of losing their rotation spot, which, again, is just such a fall from grace after. I mean, Tamar, where he was at the beginning of this season, and Geronimo, where he was at the end of last season. Two really players who should have stepped up this year that really haven't answered the bell. If you want some good news again, we'll end this segment on a glass half full approach. Again from Crimson Cast, Iowa State, Creighton, Tennessee, Xavier, all lost tonight. All teams in IU seating neighborhood. Uh, pretty much nobody's going to finish the season without some more losses. So I don't think this really hurts the IU or hurts the Hoosiers when it comes to tournament seating. Just kind of one of those years where everyone's bunched together and. You're going to rack up some losses and Indiana tends to just repeatedly do it on the road, which good news next game's on the road. (laughs) We'll talk about that later in the week. The Indiana women's basketball team are outright big 10 champions. Let's end this podcast on a high note. Talk about the Hoosiers and how they won that title on Tuesday. IU did not even have to step on the court on Tuesday. They're outright big 10 women's champions. 
We talked about it on Tuesday's episode that Iowa-Maryland was going to be a game that could determine I use uh, fate. Hello, Maryland Terrapins. Iowa, in their biggest game of the season, a must-win game, gives up 96 points to Maryland. Uh, Maryland outscored Iowa 27-8 to in the second quarter to blow this game wide open. This lead got to 30 points in the third quarter, and it was just fun and games for Maryland after that. Caitlin Clark, biggest game of the season, 18 points, 5 of 13 shooting, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, 6 turnovers. There's a number of videos uh, online if you guys want to go find them. Uh, She pulled up from half court, the logo, down 27 points and did not make it. She also um, had some egregious flops, we will say. I don't mean this to like kick her while she's down, but there are frustrating aspects about her game that... Let's let's put it this way. There are aspects about her game that when things are going good, make her brilliant. And when things are going bad, make it look really bad. You can't pull up from half court down 27 points. Good Lord. What I also think, and since we're already on this conversation, let's do it. I'll talk about IU winning the title in a second. This game right here is why McKenzie Holmes is the Big Ten Player of the Year and Caitlin Clark should not be. McKenzie Holmes did not no-show for any game this season. There was no point this year where she went 5 of 13 with uh, more turnovers than field goals. And I know part of that is unfair because it's um, literally Caitlin Clark has the ball and McKenzie Holmes doesn't. It's their position. But McKenzie Holmes did not no-show this year. Trying to pull up her stats as I talk, but game in, game out, and especially the biggest games of the season, McKenzie Holmes was there leading Indiana every step of the way. You look at both Ohio State games, McKenzie Holmes, the first half in the game at home was the only reason IU stayed in that game. The Ohio State game on the road, she dropped 33. The Iowa game, her and Grace Berger were, uh, I believe, tied for leading score. The two of them combined, I believe, for 50 points. Uh, You look at whatever other games that there were this season. IU had so many ranked wins that, honestly, I've kind of forgot about them. The Michigan game recently. Another ranked one, another game on the road. She dropped 27. Uh, the Michigan game in Michigan, 25 and 10. Illinois on the road, 30 and 10. Uh, Maryland at home was her worst game, and it was 15 and 10 on 7 of 10 shooting. Uh, and like I said, that was her worst game of the season. The UNC game without Grace Berger, 25 and 5. The Tennessee game on the road, 16 and 10. Mackenzie Holmes did not have an off night. She literally scored in double figures every game. Her worst shooting night, I don't believe she's had a night under 50%. 11 of 22 looks to be her worst shooting night of the season. There's a level, we were just talking about consistency and IU men not having it. The IU women team had it all season long, and Mackenzie Holmes was the focal point of that. There, her worst shooting night was dropping 27 and 5 on 11 of 22 shooting against Michigan. 50% her worst shooting night. She brought it every night. None of that's to even. I didn't even mention block numbers this season. She's one of. She leads the Big Ten in blocks. One of the best prim or uh, interior defenders in the Big Ten. This is Mackenzie Holmes's award. I hope that Saturday we can kind of have a crowning moment with Mackenzie Holmes going off one more time. Because all eyes are going to be on that game. My fear 
is after all this, Caitlin Clark's going to have a big game and a meaningless game on Saturday, and then that sways everything. I hope not because McKenzie Holmes throughout the season has been the better player. Narrative is the only reason why why Caitlin Clark is above her. She started off the year with all the hype. Deservedly so. She was fantastic last year. Mackenzie Holmes flew under the radar all year. Indiana won the damn Big Ten title outright. It's their first non-shared title. 40 years ago, we talked about it all on Monday's show, that when they won the Big Ten, the only other time they won it in the regular season, they shared that title with Ohio State. I don't know if I've mentioned this. I kind of didn't want to because I didn't want to jinx it for a while because we were fighting Ohio State for the title. That was the only other shared title that IU had. That 83 team shared it with Ohio State, and then they won the Big Ten tournament in 2012. That's it. So IU winning this title outright, first time ever. Hats off. This team has been fantastic all season long. Clearly the second best team in the country. I'll be amazed to see the rationale that voters have this week to drop them to third or whatever nonsense they have. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We have a couple days now to get set for a pair of big games this weekend. IU vs. Purdue, men's side, IU vs. Iowa, women's side. We'll get you set throughout the rest of the week for those contests. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, players, everything throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all of that fantastic stuff. I love you guys for all the support you continue to give us. It's been an awesome week for downloads, maybe not an awesome week for results, but we'll be here throughout. We still have a couple of big games. We can still end on a high note this season. As always, guys, I hope you have a terrific Wednesday. Most importantly, LEO.